0: friend. Come in. Take a look around.
1: When you finish browsing, why not come warm yourself by the fire?
0: We promise we won't bite.
1: We might even tell you a story.
0: Or two. Maybe offer you a bit of cake. Or two.
1: Now this week, we've got some lemon and poppy seed muffins.
0: Now where were? It had been a morning like any other. The woman had dropped her son off at nursery and gone to work. She had scurried through the streets, passing people laid out in the dirt, not stopping long enough to see what had become of them. She was sure if she were to turn them over, she would find swellings at their necks, flushed and fevered skin and the stink of necrotic flesh. It was a wonder she hadn't yet caught the Great Plague, but even though the city was dying and the King still fought his wars down in England, leaving Edinburgh to decay, life must go on. And so, when it came time to pick her son up, just like she'd done on every other day, she was startled to find a small crowd gathered around the entrance to his nursery. Among them stood the figures of council members and clengers, those charged with cleansing and quarantining buildings riddled with plague. But no. Not here, surely. These were children. She pushed her way to the front of the jostling crowd, the gazes of worried mothers searing into her back. She grasped the arm of the nearest clenger and begged to be told what was happening. There had been an outbreak inside the nursery. Someone's child had been diagnosed and, for the safety of the community, they were sealing the whole building off. She felt her breath catch in her throat. She thought she might throw up. All she could think was that her baby was in there, her little boy, that he would die without her. Without a second thought, She shoved through the barrier of clengers and raced in through the doorway and down the hall to find her son. Behind her, the clengers and councilmen shared a look and shrugged. If she wanted to die with her son, then so be it. And brick by brick, they blocked up the door, leaving everyone inside to rot. Today, The building that stands where the nursery once was, is now the Scottish Museum of Childhood. Supposedly, workers there have seen odd forms, small and shadowy, almost like the bodies of young children, and heard ghostly giggles when they thought they were alone. I suppose there is one good thing to come of this. At least the ghosts of these poor children will always have toys to play with, As for the mother, well, she must have her hands full with a whole nursery of spectral kids to look after. Hello and welcome. Hello, we are here again. Although we are not here all together, unfortunately, due to restrictions in the Scotland, Um, we cannot go into each other's houses right now, so, um, you have me, nice and crisp and clear, and unfortunately, Meg is all the way over at her house.
1: I'm a little bit crackly, but I'm still here.
0: But, you know, it's, it's it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's fine. We're gonna get back to normal recording as soon as we can, but we still want to be bringing you that sweet spooky content, Mm. so.
1: Just pretend I'm on a grand adventure finding new stuff for the shop.
0: Yeah. Do that. Use your imagination. Imagination <laughs> Insert
1: Spongebob meme here.
0: Oh, if only this was visual. Maybe if we get like enough subscribers or something, we'll um we'll start videoing it so you can see us in all our all our stupid, stupid glory. Yeah. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, this week we have a guest with us. Of course, Ooh. like we've just said, we can't really have people uh, in our homes. Therefore, our guest is uh, someone who is already in my house, um, and it is my fiance Sarah. Hello.
2: <laughs> Hello. Welcome. To me. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> always.
1: And can I just say, Sarah would always have been our first choice. Oh, it just Meg. so happens. So it's not from convenience and necessity. It is a little bit from
0: convenience. But that's okay. <laughs> a little bit. Well, but we love way. her even so. Stop. Either way. Be nice to your fiancé. <laughs> it's,
2: it's lovely to be here either way. <laughs> so
0: Thank I don't you. know what force in this universe will make me be nice. It's true. But it's true. we wow. try. We try. We try every day. So... This episode is uh, already different to the other ones we've done before, but now we're going to make it even more different because um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background on what we're talking about, which... um, will then probably go completely out the window as we play what is essentially going to be a game of choose your own adventure, Plague-style, Circa, 1645 in Edinburgh. I can't wait. <laughs> Sounds good. Fab. Well, first of all, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. So the story which you heard me telling at the beginning is now an infamous urban legend. Um, although there is actually very little evidence to suggest that breaking up people's homes and sometimes whole streets was a common occurrence. Like it doesn't seem like it happened. I couldn't really find any actual instances. Uh, But with such uh, gruesome stories as this, it might surprise you to know that a few years ago, the Royal Mile in Edinburgh was crowned the second prettiest street in the UK.
2: It doesn't surprise me.
0: Really? I mean, like, what? Like, uh, it's filled with beautiful historic structures, it's got the St. Giles Cathedral, and it does lead from, like, Edinburgh Castle all the way to Holyrood Palace. I mean,
1: it's a long road,
2: but grass market's way nicer. I, I think just all of Edinburgh. Every part. Yeah. The whole
0: thing. Is it Victorian Row? the grass market road? Uh... I have no idea. Anyway,
1: it's one of the most photographed roads in the world. I'm really surprised that's, it's the Royal That's
0: Royal. like the West Bow. That's the one which is yeah. the, like the two streets in one. Yeah. Um, hmm. Although, like... I mean, no, no shade Royal Mile. I feel like <laughs> as <laughs> long oh, as you're not here during the Fringe, <laughs> then... Yeah. It is nice it, sport, it is really it is really pretty and there's all sorts of like old, ye oldy buildings on there. Mm. Um and like Well old... Queensbury House is down there. Yeah. Which we've mentioned before. A Deacon Brody's Tavern is on that street. Um there's that beautiful little clock tower if you're way down the end, near... um, That's true, maybe I was hasty. Yeah, I feel like it's not necessarily the part of the street where you're like, at like eye level. It's more like if you look up, (laughs) that's where it's pretty. Um, But yeah, so I think most people would agree that it is quite a beautiful street. Um, And lining it all the way down are small tunnels, which are just wide enough to carry a coffin through. And these are called closes. And although there are around 70, I think 76 of them left today, about 400 years ago there were enough of them to have made the city appear much more like a huge rabbit warren. Um, Many living in these cramped conditions lived in poverty amidst the muck and waste that coated the streets, dropped from the windows high above. Um, But you know, the course of 300 years no horrors of everyday life could compete with one thing which is the plague ladies and gentlemen and particularly in the summer of 1645 in edinburgh uh the city was hit with the last of 11 bouts of the great plague not 10 not (laughs) 10 not 9 11 not 12 (sighs) 11 11 whole bouts of the great plague the great plague being the um, the bubonic plague but the, the problem was not only was the city struck down with the bubonic plague uh, but the pneumonic plague also decided to rear its ugly head at exactly the same time and it is not known how many people died exactly but uh, in leith which at the time wasn't a part of edinburgh because the new town hadn't been built so leith and edinburgh were uh, separate um I
1: didn't
0: know that. yeah so actually on the north side of edinburgh was the norlock which is the North Lock, which was apparently disgusting and just filled with bodies and refuse and gross things. Um. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, Leith I'm is swearing. where... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leith is where the docks were and where the rats, of course, most likely entered the country. And about half the population of Leith was wiped out between June and November. Um. Which is absolutely horrendous. Uh, people had all sorts of weird ideas as to why the plagues had come. It was the wrath of God, an imbalance in the humours, uh, especially when it comes to the pneumonic plague, where people were just spitting up, you know, blood, um, or possibly filthy air, or my favourite is bad weather, because apparently they had a wet spring. No, 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 they had a wet autumn and a dry winter and a wet spring, and for some reason, people in the 17th century thought that equaled plague. Um, I don't know why. Uh, It would be impossible to go back now and convince them that the diseases were spread by tiny microbes living on the fleas that fed off the rats, that traveled the globe on merchant ships. But even these days, knowing what we know about how illnesses spread, some people are still unwilling to listen to science and protect themselves and others. That was a sharp jibe. Wear your fucking masks
1: and put it over your nose
0: oh my god yes just Mm. if you're on a bus if you're in a shop if you're existing outside of your homestead put the mask over your goddamn nose (laughs) it certainly didn't help that the 17th century was a hugely prosperous time in edinburgh uh, and it saw a boom in population but rather than growing outwards like every other normal city in the history of the world the uh, people tunneled underneath and stacked themselves on top of those already living there. And it's likely that these cramped and confined conditions were part of what led to such a high death toll, and drastic measures such as mass quarantining and the digging of huge burial pits, as the bodies piled up faster than individual graves could be dug. Only the very wealthy were buried in coffins over the course of that summer in 1645. Everyone else was wrapped in their blanket and thrown into deep pits, Nameless victims whose bodies only added to the half a million souls it's estimated are buried under this ancient city. Although, fun fact, because at the time where the plague pits are now is actually outside of what used to be the city limits, those half a million corpses are actually pretty much all in Greyfriars, uh, Kirkyard. Wow. So it's more than half a million bodies in Edinburgh because you've now got the Kirkyard plus the other graveyards plus the plague pits so
1: goodness me
0: there's a lot of bodies wow um even
1: today sometimes when there's really bad weather corpses will sort of stick their arms out of the ground in mm -hmm. greyfriars
0: yeah yeah in fact there are signs up around the the little parish basically saying if you see bones sticking out of the earth to not touch them because they're very old and they do try and protect them and to just go and speak to someone in the church and they have a whole system of I don't know, some poor priest or something who has to go out and <laughs> dig it up and then That's
1: that's definitely the apprentice priests doing yeah.
0: that. It's
1: not it's not the established priests. No it's, way. it's the ones who are training. That's yeah. how they Can kept you imagine it just running your first communion. And <laughs> someone comes in and's like, Sorry guys, I know you're busy.
0: But uh So <laughs> it's just like someone's big boats. toe is like sticking out the ground. Um <laughs> oof, but... but that that's the reason why that why the kirkyard is on such a like high up bit of land as opposed to the street that runs next to it because they no it's just it's just bodies man mm. it's just bodies mad mm-hmm. that is
2: interesting you
1: didn't know that did you Sarah? i did not <laughs> you
2: <laughs> now regret moving here don't you no i would never regret moving here sometimes
0: i regret learning <laughs> <laughs> what I mean so it sorry. is known as like the city of the dead and sometimes the city of the undead well yes as we've covered in other episodes you know the castle at least has been occupied for 3,000 years and despite that the city is still pretty small so I guess the bodies have to go somewhere they have to go know? somewhere why they couldn't just have been buried like outside the city I Maybe no one wanted them. The bodies?
2: Yeah, the bodies.
0: Well, I mean, of plague victims, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's that's fair. I think, (laughs) uh, on that note, the first option that I'm going to give you guys is, would you like to try surviving the pneumonic plague or the bubonic plague first up?
1: Um, I feel like the bubonic plague in my head is worse, so I'm going to say bubonic.
0: Okay. We'll give Sarah the choice. What do you think? Wait, do you.
2: Do you mean what would I rather have and try and survive? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Do you know the difference between. Well, it, it doesn't matter if you don't know the difference because you're going to learn. Just well, basically pick one. Okay, or the other. I, I'll say bubonic. Okay, okay. We're going to go with. The basic bitch of horrible plagues,
2: the one I think I know most about.
0: <laughs> okay, so picture the scene. It's the summer in Edinburgh. It's sixteen forty-five. You've got no Wi-Fi. You've got no TV. I know. What kind of a world is this? Oh, no. um, Good lord. And you you wake to a cold bed. And despite the heat of the Scottish summer, some of you will be surprised. Scotland does get warm in summer. It really does. It really does. Anyway, uh, you're living by the coast in Leith, uh, and it always brings in a cool breeze, but it also doesn't help that your wife passed away during the last bout of the Great Plague, and the bed has been difficult to warm ever since. You miss her every day. You stand to start your day, foregoing breakfast. You don't quite feel right, and you still can't seem to shake that chill. In your sewing room, you look at your tailoring supplies and notice how fast your cloth has dwindled. The Scottish government has banned the sale of any English cloth due to fears that it helps spread the plague. People have been avoiding and cursing soldiers returning from the English Civil War for the same reason. Although this is Scotland, aren't the English always to blame? After 11 battles with the plague over the course of 300 years, you only hope that if you survive, you won't live to see another one. It seems already that half of Leith has died. As you start sewing for the day, your muscles start to cramp. Do you? A, chalk it up to being sat in the same position for too long. You're not as young as you used to be. Or B, realize that you started sweating. It wasn't just that you were particularly cold this morning, you're running a pretty high fever. I mean, if it was me, probably A.
2: I'd also say A.
0: So, you just think it's just because you've been sewing for ages and there's probably nothing really wrong with you? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you decide that taking a break will do you some good, and at mid-afternoon, you leave the house for a walk to stretch your legs. There's hardly anyone around, and most of those that are scurry through the streets. Down at the docks, there are far more people around, pulling supplies off of sea-weathered boats the men are dirty and sweating in the sun rats run about their feet you pull at your collar still chilly but feeling like your head is full of cotton and the muscle cramps have only gotten worse you make your way down to the sea hoping it will clear your head instead you are hit by a foul stench bobbing in the water are the corpses of animals and discarded human excrement and belongings it looks as though people have been dumping their infected rubbish into the sea as well as burning it you turn for home hoping to take a nap and feel better. You wake up almost 24 hours after you first fell asleep feeling groggy, and much, much worse. Your fingers feel strange, and when you pull them out from under the pillows, you see that they have started turning black at the ends. On further inspection, so have your toes. Do you? A, lay in bed for ages, moving suddenly seems like a lot of effort. Or B, Get up and pull the white sheets from your bed to hang out the window. You pray that someone will see it and send the plague doctor your way.
1: Well, how do I know that hanging a white sheet is going to bring the plague doctor?
0: Because this has happened before. And also, this is like midway through the height of the summer, so you've seen other people do it. And like, considering the fact that there is only one plague doctor in the whole city. Like, throughout the summer, there are two plague doctors, and you only get the second one because the first one died. So it's not like there's loads of doctors wandering around with these, you know, the, the huge beak-like classic Plague Doctor masks. Um, <laughs> like, there's only one. So everyone's hanging the fucking white sheets up because they all need help. But also, if you're like me, then you probably don't want to face the facts and... I'm also a hypochondriac a bit,
1: so I'd probably think, well, I don't have it,
0: I'm just convinced I have it, mm. mm-hmm. knowing me. Okay. So I'd probably go A. Okay, well, your fingers and toes are starting to sort of blacken, so... Yeah, but that's witchy, I like that. Fair. Oh, well, I mean, I don't think you would have liked witchy things back then, especially if you were a man, which I guess I'm kind of insinuating you are. Um Ew. I know, grim. Oh. But... Damn gender norms. It's 1645. What do you want me to do? Like... Unless no internet. Right? Like, I... No drag race? Oh my god. No, no drag queens, I guess. Although, it means that the public
1: can't blame the plague on you yet. Because they don't believe in queers.
0: I mean, that's true. Yeah, the gays can't yet be to blame. Yeah, they haven't yet figured out how to control the weather.
2: Well that's what they think anyway.
0: Well,
1: yeah. They're just hiding it for now. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were just keeping it a secret. Mm. Maybe we
2: still
1: are
0: Sneaky. The sneaky agenda. What about you? <sighs> Sarah. <laughs> what do you think? Ghost. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would be tempted to say the the sheet option. However.
0: Mm-hmm. It is also like probably your like I mean I know you're like a, a tailor and you have cloth, but it is probably like one of your only bed sheets, so like you do have to think about the fact that you then have to get back into a bed that has no sheets on. That like look, I don't want, I don't know why I'm trying to sway you. You're trying this to is...
2: sway me, which makes me think I should go with the sheet option.
0: It's up to you guys, because I know how all of these end, but you don't. <laughs>
1: Well
2: that sounded like a threat. It certainly did. <laughs> okay. It's the
0: pubonic plague, right, I, it is a
1: threat.
2: I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with Meg actually and I'm gonna just say lay there. Yes.
0: Lay so there and do nothing. You're just gonna lay there. Lay there and do nothing. Okay, so you can feel swelling start in your groin and your neck and your armpits. Oh. Really gross. At this point, you've seen the symptoms enough times. You watch your wife slip away from the same disease. You sit for a minute and rack your brain for various cures which you've been told over the years. Uh, Over the next few days, you try everything that you can think of. The method your neighbour swears by is rubbing onions and herbs into the unsightly boils which now cover your skin. and uh, Filled with stinking pus, uh, pulsing painfully along with your heartbeat. You don't trust science or doctors very much. When have they ever done much to help? You decide that your only hope is to pray to God, for it must be he who has sent this terrible plague to punish those who have sinned. You lie back in your bed, only able to find comfort in one position that seems to bypass putting pressure on your many buboes and your inflamed glands. With blackened, rotting limbs, you pull the covers up and close your eyes, most likely for the last time. Congrats, you died of the plague. Oh... Because you didn't seek medical attention, which a lot... Yeah, but if there's only one
1: plague doctor, when's he getting to me anyway?
0: Yeah. If he doesn't die. So I think, really,
2: we would have died of the plague either way.
1: Yeah, you didn't give us us all
0: the information. Yeah, Um, but you you don't have all the information. You're basically... I forgot about my wife. A peasant. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, you forgot about your wife? Why did she die, but I forgot it was from the plague? (laughs) Just old age. (laughs) You're definitely suffering from something. Yeah, to be fair, I haven't said how old you are. Um, Should we see what would have happened if if you'd hung your own sheet from the window? Go on. Okay, so. You awaken to someone tapping your face. It's a clenger who was one of the the, the cleaners um, who was specifically sent around to help out the inflicted. Basically. Inflicted? Afflicted. Be afflicted. afflicted, (laughs) Basically. Uh, They're moving your things out into the street in preparation to burn them. They tell you the doctor will be there soon. As you fall back asleep, you see someone setting alight a handful of gorse in preparation to fumigate the house because they thought it was miasma, bad air. So what do you do? You do what people do with sage nowadays, I guess, and you try and burn away cleanse. the bad. Yeah, cleanse the bad air, basically. Uh, you hope. You you hope. You hope they have a bucket of water outside. You've heard what happens when the cleansers get clumsy. Next time you wake, your breath catches in your swollen throat and if your limbs didn't feel like they weren't attached and you weren't shaking from the fever, you would have thrown yourself from the bed. There in front of you is the monstrous form of the plague doctor. His herb-stuffed beak looms menacingly in front of you, but you become distracted by a different pain than before. An itching pain, like your blood is boiling beneath your skin. You look down. Bubos swell at your armpits, the pus-filled sacs distending your skin. Now you notice the two clengers who are in the room, and that one of them is warming something by the fire. The second clenger comes to sit by you on the bed. It only takes one of them to hold you down. Something sharp enters the skin around your left armpit. Your response is mixed. Pain at the incision, relief as the foul substance inside the bubo soaks the bed beneath you, and then dread. As the cleanser you first saw turns away from the fire, he passes something to the Plague Doctor. Nope. If you thought he was terrifying before, that feeling is nothing, now he holds a red-hot iron in his hand. This time it takes both of the cleansers to hold you down, as the Doctor, dressed as a carrion bird, places the iron against your skin and seals his handiwork shut. You are now quarantined to your house. You are told you will be brought three half-loaves of bread and a pint of ale per day. Whether or not you survive is in God's hands now. Oh. Well, that
2: clearly (laughs) was the better option, then.
0: Well, at least, like, you've had the, the bubo's lance and the pus is gone. So even if you do die of the fever and you, you know, like, at least you tried.
2: But the trauma of all those doctors and clingers and
0: well yeah that's probably what killed a lot of people this is what i'm saying like it isn't necessarily the plague that actually gets you because burns can get infected um so jasper were there any cures at the time did anyone actually recover no this was well yes some people did recover but this was the closest they had to a cure was to burst them and drain them and then seal them that was that was literally all that and they could just work hope out for to the do rest. basically yeah. goodness me yeah that was
1: so you made it sound like the first option he just died in his sleep like i rather just die in my sleep <laughs> he slipped
2: than peacefully away
0: exactly right like he was in pain but at least he died peacefully
2: i think i would prefer oh, that ah. as well meg yeah
0: okay well maybe i wrote that incorrectly because he would have died <laughs> of sepsis <laughs> You, you, you would have passed away from blood poisoning. So oh. it would have oh. happened very quickly. Like, you, you, by the time that you start showing symptoms, you're dead within like four days, normally. Well, so the, the plague doctor has to get to you really fast. So yeah, it's horrendous, but at least it's over. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's it, do you even bother trying to survive it or do you just let it run its course and- Let it run its course. If I'm to die, I'm to die. Fair. Goodness me, what a life. Shall we see what happens if you get the mnemonic plague? Okay. Oh. Right. So. This time, you wake up with a cough, just like you have over the last few days. You get ready for work, pulling on your shirt over the dark, painful bruises that seem to sit under your skin. You descend all seven rickety flights of wooden stairs. Sounds of life and sickness greet you from behind almost every door you pass. You step outside and breathe in that sweet, sweet stench of urine, human faeces and rotting animal carcasses. A combination of smells so foul, you know you're in Edinburgh in the summer of 1645. The buildings loom over the overcrowded city and you cough involuntarily into your hand. The coughing turns violent and your chest aches like fire. Is that blood in your palm? Now you have a choice to make. Do you decide to, A, go to work, it's just a cough, or B, take the day off?
1: Go to work. Oh, no. Back then, it worked. now, but back then, you needed to work or you weren't gonna eat.
0: What do you think, Saz? In
2: truth, I would go to work, however, after the, the scarring experience of the last game we played...
0: Well, no, you're a different person now. They died. This is different. Because there's no way you could survive having both the bubonic and the pneumonic plague. Like, no, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. You've been reborn into a new body. A the new game, innocent body. The game has body. reloaded, basically. <laughs> We're
2: starting So I can't fully draw again. upon my previous experience. Not really. And I'm okay. still poor. Oh.
0: Of course you're poor. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Everyone's poor unless oh, you're like the king. Come on, like I want to be reborn as the king. Yes, no, you don't. That was James the first who went and persecuted thousands and thousands of witches, supposed witches. So, no, yeah. you don't want to be. able you hidden. got to go on that ship and nearly sunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, it sucked whether well, you it, were a peasant or the had king. Nice meals.
1: That's all I care
0: about. Make a decision! Come on! Do you take the day off or do you go to work?
2: Uh, I'll say... I'll say take the day off because I know
0: that's the right thing to do. Okay. Meg?
1: I already answered.
0: I'm going to work. You're going to work. Okay, well, the answer is the same because I'm sorry but if you took the day off, who's gonna pay your bills, son? Go the fuck to work.
2: Look, I was tricked into that answer.
0: <laughs> Told you, I've got
1: to pay the bills, man. I, yeah.
2: I, that's why I really would have gone to work. Really? Because ultimately, I, I know more than most about really? bills. Oh yes, truly, I'm afflicted by bills.
0: <laughs> that's that's the true tea here. That's, that's, that's what's killing us, yes. <laughs>
2: that's my plague. It's the plague I bear. <laughs>
0: We bear it together.
2: (laughs) We try together.
0: Okay, so you get to work and there's a notice up saying that the building is being fumigated today, which means that most likely someone with one or either of the plagues was found inside. You see the clengers with bundles of gorse ready to start purifying the air of dangerous miasmas which cause illness. But now you need to find something to do. Do you? A... Decide to go for a walk through town, even though your cough is getting worse, and that is definitely blood you're bringing up now. Or B, go straight back home. Who doesn't want an excuse to stay in bed all day, plus you're feeling pretty lousy, and this cough is seriously making your lungs hurt? Go home. One vote for go home? What are you thinking? A. I need you to make... A decision between you. Go, because you never said this. Yeah. I can't simultaneously give you two alternate parallel universes at the same time. I'm That's not That's what you
1: promised. I'm yeah. not
0: God. You I promised can't the do world. Yeah.
1: You gave us both autonomous autonomy.
0: <laughs> Correct.
1: And here we are. Well You've for now truly your me up minds are
0: conjoined path. and you must make a decision. No, I think together. that
1: should be the next one.
0: <laughs> That's you right.
1: have to give us the information first.
2: The next time we play this... There isn't a next time, this is oh. the last one. Oh well, <laughs>
1: It's gone so terribly, <laughs> we're never doing it again.
2: <laughs> okay. It's the last one for today. Well, I guess you've fallen on your luck because it's a good job. I trust Meg, I'll go with Meg's option. So
0: you're going to go straight back home? Yeah. That's a terrible idea, trusting me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. When you get home... You collapse onto your hard pallet and pull the meagre covers up around your aching body. Through the thin walls, you can hear your neighbours hacking up their insides. The building stinks of blood and decay. On your way in, you stepped over someone sleeping in the hall. At least, you tell yourself they were sleeping. If only it weren't for the glazed open eyes and black splotches on their skin, peeking from where the material of their shirt had twisted up and around their waist. You turn your head to the open door. Did you forget to close it? A young girl is standing there looking at you. Dirt mars her face and blood stains her dress from where she uses it to wipe her hand. Some remains dripping from her lip. You drift out of consciousness and wake to hear movement. The shuffling of invalids combined with the sure feet of the clengers. Those charged with taking care and cleaning up after the diseased. One of them stops in the doorway wearing the signature grey smock marked with a saltire, a cross spun on its axis to form an X. And if X marks the spot from the look on the cleanser's face, they can see that you're what they've been looking for. They tell you the whole building is being fumigated, and that you and your neighbours are being sent to be quarantined at the links. Do you? A. Let yourself be led outside, but you've heard that no one comes back from quarantine, and you think you'll survive better on the streets, or B, join your neighbours on the cart to be quarantined? What are you thinking, Sarah? Do you fancy your chances on the street, or do you want to go and be mass quarantined with a bunch of other sick people? That was definitely
2: a leading question.
0: No, I'm just asking which you'd rather.
2: Generally i chance my luck on the streets, but I think given the plague element at hand, Fair. I'll quarantine.
0: Okay, cool. So we are jumping on the cart with all that energy we don't have because plague, and we are going off to quarantine. So you are carted off to an area just south of the city border. On your way, you saw people hanging white sheets from their windows to try and garner the attention of Edinburgh's only plague doctor. Not poor John Paulicious, who himself died of the Great Plague back in June, but his replacement, George Ray, who stalks the streets in a sweltering full-length leather coat and a demonically large mask shaped like the beak of a raven. You've heard talk that Ray is demanding more money than most men would ever dream of to tend to the afflicted city. You've also heard mutterings from council members that they hope he'll go the same way as his predecessor, so they might not have to pay him at all. Savage. I know. It's true. They never paid him. They ne- He died and he didn't see like any of the money. Anyway. That sounds like today's government. Right. Yep. Uh, mostly he treats the other plague which has ripped through the city, lancing buboes and closing the injury with a burning brand of heated iron. It makes you feel almost lucky to only be coughing up half the blood in your body. The smell of decay and the moans of the untended sick greet you as the cart pulls to a stop. Men are digging huge pits in the ground, bodies weight wrapped in blankets to be flung into the bowels of the earth. You're dragged from the cart into a hut, dark inside and stinking of rot. You are left in a room with no possessions but the clothes on your back as you hear the door slam shut and even amongst the moans of the dying, the sound of the lock clicking into place echoes in your ears. So, let's be honest, you're probably not going to survive. You've basically no. been taken away and quarantined so you can all die together. Which is horrible, but I mm-hmm. probably would have died on the road. Mm-hmm. So, going way back to the beginning, when um, you decided to go for a walk instead, uh, do you want to see yeah. what would have happened? So, uh, after your walk, you get home to see your neighbours from the flats below being carted off They too are coughing and their skin is turning black in places. You're trying hard not to think about the dark, painful splotches that have begun appearing on your own skin. At this point, you're pretty sure that you too are afflicted with the Black Death, like those who are being shepherded off to quarantine. And the options here are to A stay hidden in the shadows because no one comes back from quarantine or B see that, you know, the building looks pretty empty and you're, you're a responsible human being. So you go and you join them on the cart. Now, if you choose option B, then you end up in quarantine like you already did. However, if you choose option A and you decide to be an irresponsible asshole and that you're just gonna go out and try your luck uh, on your own you you see that they've dragged everyone's belongings out of the rickety seven-story building uh, and The place you call home is basically being set alight. They're, they're lighting up the, the, the pile of belongings as well They basically decided this whole building is done for and the only thing to do is just simply to burn it um, to the ground and you turn to sink off back into the shadows but the wind blows the acrid smoke your way and sets off your coughing one of the clenchers notices you trying to get away and calls out to a nearby counsellor. Strong arms grab you by the shoulders and haul you off to a waiting jail cell. Unfortunately, although the Black Death or Pneumonic Plague would have killed you in a few days anyway from internal bleeding as you tried desperately to cough up your own lungs, covering up symptoms is punishable by death. Since it's normally only men who are strung up and hung in the doorways of their own homes as a warning, Women are usually taken and drowned in a quarry hole. You sit in your cell, shivering and coughing, and waiting one way or another for judgement to come. So if neither of the plagues get you, and infection from being lanced and burned by the doctor, singular doctor, doesn't get you, your government might just kill you anyway.
1: Yeah, see, I'd rather die with all my plague-infected friends.
2: Right? <laughs> At least there's an element of community that way, I suppose.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know how much community was going on when you couldn't actually communicate beyond like. grunts and snorts and, and such. moans and. yeah. True. Oh, that was bleak. Yeah, I didn't. it's the plague.
1: Yeah, but which one? You said there were 11.
0: Well, the last one. Well, no, it, it's it, it was the last bout of the bubonic plague. I didn't say whether or not it was the last bout of the pneumonic plague. I couldn't find that information. Um, so anywhere? it was worse or
1: better before?
0: Uh, I think it was probably worse back before they knew to lance the the buboes and and try and uh, drain them because before that it was all you know the crap like tape a chicken to your armpits. Which that's is always been my
1: favourite really One of um, my
0: faves. Treatment. Living yeah. chicken or dead chicken? Living chickens. Oh, goodness. Living chicken, yeah. There's no good dead chicken, Sarah. No. Oh, that's then You're convenient. rotting and the chickens are rotting and, like, that's just not... That's just not good for anyone, to be honest. Goodness gracious me. But, yeah, basically... all plagues are horrible, but I am glad that we no longer in this part of the world suffer from the bubonic plague or the pneumonic plague as as far as i'm aware um although they they do both still exist in other parts of the world which is horrendous that we have eradicated it somewhere and not everywhere yeah. Yeah. and scary as well because there is always a possibility that someone someone brings it back you know yeah. so
1: it's funny, those old diseases, like, they feel like they could never happen again. But, um, when I was at uni, someone I knew got TB. Really?
2: Someone got TB when I was in high school as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. And we were all like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you that's never think, thing? think of it. No. That?
0: What did they, what, oh, what did they used to call TB? The, oh, the, the something disease, like, specifically, and it was from one of the symptoms. And I can't, for the life of me... Well, I mean consumption. They used to call it consumption. Yeah. But, um...
2: Well, yes, like you said Meg, sometimes you think it's gone, and it rears its ugly head.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And quarantine continues into the
0: future. I mean, apart from lancing buboes, because luckily there aren't any of those this time around, we're basically doing all the same things. Like, it's just... Stay inside if you have symptoms.
2: It is quite scary to think that we're doing the same things as they will have done back then.
0: Yeah, e- even now we pretty much know sort of where it's coming from, and you know, we know that it's not like bad air or the wrath of God. Um,
2: we haven't developed a new strategy almost
0: yeah is. there, there, there isn't anything it's like at the end of the day when something of this magnitude hits we do what we've always done and we we kind of hide and that's essentially is. that's all we can do and i think one of the reasons it's so awful is because like as a uh, as a species humans are so so community based so I, I just think these kind of Plagues are so much worse because of the ways that they rip through families and...
2: Shared experiences and yeah. spending time together.
0: Yeah, and it's like, if, if you get it and you pass it on, then you, you get to see everyone else in your life yeah. suffer from it as well. Okay. I did not intend... I know we talk, we're we talking about plagues. I didn't intend for it to be quite this, um... Yeah, it's got pretty sad. I think as well the
1: fact that hundreds of years later it's still exacerbated by people's selfishness is really hard to
0: take on
2: It is sad to know that that's not something that's changed over time that's not a field where humanity have grown at all Mm
0: -hmm. Well back then they shut the taverns they shut the markets they shut the places where people congregated which is what they're doing now Mm -hmm. although at least you'd get a pint of ale every day which, I'm pretty sure if you drank as much of it as they did back then, it probably wouldn't affect you. But I hope that in their last days, they at least got an alcoholic buzz. <laughs> I mean, they only else. drank kale, didn't they,
1: and not water.
0: That's what I mean. Water. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, so why is it three half loaves
0: of bread and not, like, one and a half loaves? Mm. Possibly if I lived in 1645, I could tell you. But as I...
2: That's very good observation, Meg.
0: As I did not, or at least I have no past life experience of living in Edinburgh in 1645... I don't know why you wouldn't just give someone a loaf and a half, because that would be three half loaves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's literally what I just said.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <sighs> I no no I don't know I have nothing I have nothing.
1: I mean, it does sound sexier than one and a half loaves. Yeah, yeah
0: like if you say like four score or something, and that's just forty. Mm. In like ye oldie times, everything sort of sounds more fancy. Fancy, yeah. Yeah. Even bubos. Yeah.
2: Whereas right now we'd probably just call them like things. Like someone's got this <laughs> thing on them. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> this horrid sure, thing. I
0: don't know if back then they called them bubos though. that That's what I was wondering while I was describing it. I don't know if like that's like a scientific name that we've given to that particular kind of pustule.
1: I'm pretty sure it was, at least in the later place because I did, um, did GCSE History Guides.
0: Oh, oh, oh. got an up in um,
1: here. I, uh, <laughs> we did a unit on, called Medicine Through Time, which was incredible, my favourite history thing I've ever learnt, um, and obviously we did the plagues, mm-hmm. and um, there was loads of like essays and things about, like I never remember his name, but the guy that found the cholera attack mm-hmm. and all that. There was loads of, sort of, newspapers talking about the bubos at that point. Oh, okay. So it, it might not have been the earlier place, but I'm pretty sure.
0: I Unless mean,
1: Mrs. Van Starden was just lying to me.
0: To be fair, it had 300 <laughs> years, which is from, you know, like, the 1300s is, like, middle ages. Mm-hmm. That's, like, peak middle ages. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it is. I don't know. I, I know nothing. But, like, if you have 300 years to start to develop language, then... Yeah, they probably did have it. But, unfortunately, the timeline does dispel the idea that the plague doctors with the coats and the beaks were walking around in medieval times. Because the it was created by a French doctor circa 1619. Um, so, yeah, basically, the last bout of plague in Edinburgh was probably one of the only bouts where they ever had... Um, the sort of the plague doctor we think of and, and it's not like they were everywhere either because if there's only two of them in the city then like it's amazing that they've almost become such like such such a thing because like no one would have ever really seen the plague such doctor
2: yeah i suppose it is because they are so traumatizing that everyone that did see them in those circumstances I mean, yeah, would have like, forgotten them. You're, you're
0: like you're, you're all
2: about feverish
0: them. and like dying, and there's just like a huge fucking bird. Like... Well, even
2: now they're quite scary. Like even for quotation
0: healthy well, people to I look at. I hark back they're to a... in another episode nice. we talked about seeing a guy wearing a plague doctor mask strolling through Edinburgh, which he was wearing like a three-piece suit, so he looked phenomenal. Uh, it's an aesthetic I can only aspire to. It was incredibly
1: dapper, but it was creepy.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, especially because he was walking out of Greyfriars. Mm.
2: Unless it was a ghost. I w- know you mentioned that before. It could have been. He was
0: wearing. So, he was wearing very modern clothing.
2: He could have just been a very fashionable ghost.
0: Yeah, he could have just died really soon.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he could have really just died yesterday. Hips to ghost well, if you will. No
0: one's buried in Greyfriars, so he couldn't be a ghost from there. There's quite a lot of people buried in Greyfriars. Yeah, but no more. No one's buried <laughs> there anymore. Oh my god. How do you know? Because they're not allowed to be. <laughs> Are you the security guard? You don't know what I get up to at night. True. When no, you're you... one of the priests
1: in training. Yeah, <laughs> that's who I am.
0: I tell you this. what, the church would love me. <laughs> You, no, so you'd be like the <laughs> Alice to my Vicar, did they? <laughs> that makes you the um the Hugo. posh guy. Yeah,
2: that no. makes me Hugo. Oh, I'll take being oh, Hugo. We could be Hugo and Alice. That's fair. That's fine. Yeah, that's quite a good comparison, actually. You are quite Alice-like.
0: I don't in your know eccentricities. How to? Yeah, maybe. In an
2: endearing way, you are. Yeah.
1: Thanks. I would say Sarah's more like Owen. <laughs> 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 but that means like her, uh, yeah, almost you your true, love dress and not mine. Uh, she's not my love interest. We just snogged a couple of times. Yeah. It was Owen's choice. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I'm
0: in love with Sean Bean. Jesus. So and good. Johnny Depp in that just one everyone. Christmas episode. Is it a, it's a Christmas episode. I think so. Oh, if you haven't seen love. *The Vicar of Dibley*, I'm so sorry. You oh. will sort yourself out.
1: yeah, Maybe, also, yeah
2: you are on, truly missing out if on. you haven't.
0: Anyway, it's on a Netflix, yeah. Netflix now, so you have literally no excuse. Absolutely, yeah, no right. Excuses. We we binged it back at the beginning of lockdown, so it is all fresh in my bonce. Um, But yeah, now is the fun part of the show with guests, where we basically get to ask them whether you've ever had any weird experiences. Have you ever been abducted by aliens or chased through a haunted house by a ghost or I. I I don't know what other creepy things there are. Heard a wolf on a moor. Well,
2: there's been a few things that have happened to me. I've been
0: trying to get her not to tell me them because I, I want to hear this like fresh. I want something that like something juicy that I, like I don't know yet.
2: Yeah, there, there's been a few, and I wonder what one is going to be the most interesting for me to tell because <laughs> there you are. You can do
0: two. We'll me we'll two. We got time
2: for two. There are some things that I think. at at the time was incredibly weird but maybe for the sake of a story don't quite translate well and then there are some that are very dramatic which i think that could certainly You're building this
0: up now come
2: on (laughs) okay well i think I'll, i'll i think i'll tell the one about the the druid that i saw so i use that term kind of loosely because it's what my brain defines as a druid, it's not very. Is it based accurate.
0: off of the guy from Asterix and I'll
2: tell you. I'll tell you exactly. This is a very niche visual descriptor. <laughs> I know who you sorry, mean. Sorry. I, I know who you mean. But it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. But I do know who. You Which mean.
0: one was Galbatorix? Was that like the leader? Or well, I don't know. Oh, the <laughs> mistral Oh my god, I used to love them. Sorry,
2: continue. The, I'll tell you exactly the kind of druid I'm referencing, and I doubt either of you will know this reference, so it's quite pointless. But it, back in WWF wrestling, the Undertaker, <laughs> the, some people oh, know, no, I, I the, know, the Undertaker, Undertaker okay. in big matches used to be accompanied to the ring by these dry eye style, smoky druid characters. And that is the type of druid I'm now For, about to speak of. Because
0: this is a podcast and no one can see it, she did little air quotes on druid, so... <laughs> I they
2: would be called druids in that context. So, like, with context. a cloak and a hood? Yes, cloaked, yeah. quite short physically. Long
0: white tunic kind of
1: thing? No,
2: no, dark brown. Red, normally, or like dark. dark. brown, I'm gonna say.
1: Because a druid in Asterix novel It's like Merlin. Yeah, it like did look, look from *Sword and the Stone*. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it did does. look
2: mythical, but not okay. magical. Okay. Right.
0: Okay.
2: okay. So.
0: <laughs> Important distinction there, guys.
2: <laughs> so, so essentially, in Northwest London, there's an area called Burnt Oak, which is um, not a lovely area, but quite a well-known area. Northern line um <laughs> if that means anything in
0: case you fancy a there.
2: yeah and my granddad used to live there in a block of flats called Clare house and there was a very long walk uh, a road an alleyway if you will down to this flat it was a block of flats uh, and as i was starting my walk down towards this flat one day i saw this druid character <laughs> And in North West London, I kind of just took it with a pinch of salt. I That's thought, Nick
0: Hamden, just for anyone who's uh, wondering is. what the... That's it's, a standard. Uh, yes, yeah, basically. It,
2: it didn't shock me. It, it was something strange, but I took it... <laughs> I just took it on and carried on with life. That's unusual. The fact that there's a druid stood there, but hey-ho. Carried on walking. And about three, four minutes later down this road, I got to the flat and sat on the step approaching this flat was that druid and it didn't walk past me and unless there were two it had somehow got there before me so anyway that in itself was quite creepy was it breathing heavily so i didn't see its face this this is a big part of this story so i didn't see its face it was sort of slumped over on the step um Hood down, kind of shadowy where you would have expected a face. And in all fairness, I wasn't like, "Hey, show me your face." I didn't really want to <laughs> see. I was kind I of freaked fair. out.
0: Yeah.
1: Because
2: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I just I was kind of freaked out, so I didn't want to know too much about it. So, <laughs> so I just ignored it. I walked straight past. it opened the door, went up the stairs, and I said to my granddad when I got up there, I was like, "Hey, there's um druids or druid or." there's something going on downstairs that involves druids and he was like what do you mean and so i kind of described exactly what i'd seen to him and he said that he'd seen one he'd seen one the day before outside the church which was opposite this building flats um st alphage's church which is quite a creepy little church it was actually where i was christened and where all my family... You were christened? Yeah.
0: How did you not start steaming when they put you in the water?
2: Hey, look, I don't know. In all honesty, it was more of a family tradition than anything else for all the kids to get christened all in this one same dress. Boy, girl, doesn't matter. Wearing the same 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 dress. No, it was a dress that got handed down. I've got pictures (laughs) of it, but... Anyway, my granddad had seen this druid the day before when he was walking past that church, sort of outside the front door, and it turns out he had exactly the same experience. He was walking down the road past this church, and when he got to the end of the road, where he was expecting to sort of get to the library, which is where he was going, bless him, the same thing happened to him with this druid. It was there, still at the end of the road. And so he had exactly the same sort of, wait, that didn't walk past me. Are there two of you? Sort of dynamic. And so we kind of creeped each other out when we told each other these stories. So North West London, it's got something about druids going on.
0: Twofold questions. Yes, go One, ahead. Could they not have been monks if they're by a church?
2: So when I when I described this thing, it wasn't
0: But like you're talking about like brown robes, right? Like yes. floor length, like when you think of like okay, so Sue me, but you think of like Friar Tuck, right? But, n- no, but you think about that classic <laughs> monk robe. The most I know, monk. I know,
2: okay, I'm not
0: doing... <laughs> He's a friar, not So <laughs> <but laughs> you know what I mean. I, I know,
2: I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But friar tuck is so much more wholesome than the thing... It's because you don't know my wrestling reference. This is where I'm letting myself okay. down with this story. They're creepier than friar tuck. <laughs> Tenfold creepier. They're, they're s- smaller... They could almost be kids in height. The, the Is it
1: like the hooded um, things in the Mighty Boosh Tundra episode?
2: Oh, see, that's lost on me that's slightly. That's
0: isn't it? You haven't seen it in ages.
2: Uh, okay. We're not meeting in the middle, but were someone out like, there will you know, know these Star druids Wars, that I'm speaking of.
0: You know the little uh,
2: okay. Jawas. The showers yeah.
0: in Star Wars.
2: Closer to that You've than Friar it. Tuck.
0: <laughs> they're short. They wear brown floor-length yeah. robes with hoods up, and they have little glowing yeah, eyes. Yeah, they're closer to that than Friar Tuck, but without
2: the glowing eyes. But anyway, look, these things—they were creepy, and yes. That yeah. that is what I'm talking about. I thought
1: that's what you meant. Yes. For the for the <laughs> listeners, I'm showing a picture of the druids from The Undertaker. Yeah, that is Google exactly,
2: it. exactly <laughs> there will be people out there that know what I'm talking about specifically. They're like
1: they're druids if you're watching a like sorority slasher film. Yes. Where like yes. the yes. asshole yes. Kappa whatever Kappa Beta Delta, delta male, Gamma heeler, Hooper has yes. taken some women and for they're wearing it. the robes. That's the vibe.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The second part of my twofold point. Go ahead. Was that you said it's an area called burnt Oak? Correct. Well, traditionally druids have like sacred trees, and and there are trees in the druid tradition which are sacred, and I'm pretty sure oak is a sacred a sacred druidic tree. So.
2: Well then, there you go. <laughs> this could I I would entirely buy into that because that makes sense i don't know, and I the know history what history of the area
0: i don't know why i was gonna say are to there any oaks there
2: but... well well equally as interesting there is a sort of old very clearly very old tree if you know the area at all well you'll know that there aren't many trees but there is there is a tree which is very old which is often well this is could equally be old wives tales but as a kid as litlands we're told that that's the burnt oak which is, it's, it's black, blacker than a normal tree. It's much darker in colour. So it made sense as kids that we'd believe that that's what it was. But it could just have been the biggest tree that was near these flats where my granddad lived and it made sense <laughs> for him to tell us that. But <laughs> I don't know. But yes, I would completely buy into that story about the There's druids guarding some the burnt
1: out. It was
2: creepy. It was. And then, yeah, for like the rest of his life, we'd always make little references to the druids. There's druids around there. Don't go down there, druids. And stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the story for you. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Very good.
2: There's more where that came from. Just Wait, means I'll you be- have to have me back.
0: Well, no, have you got another short story that you want to tell? Like, look, we've been talking for ages now. We may as well just continue on. Okay. <laughs> We're not doing anything else. No, except just existing in quarantine.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, Okay, sure. Well, I've kind of briefly told both of you this story before, but I do think it is probably one of the creepier ones that's happened to me. Me and my little sister, Katie, she's. she can sometimes be creepy in her own right, but she'll appreciate me saying that. I hope she listens to this. (laughs) She'll appreciate that. We were somewhere, now I can't remember where we were, but we'd gone away somewhere with my mum. And I think also my granddad, who I previously mentioned in my last story, we were somewhere where we were at a very, very low, low budget version of Madame Two Swords, like a waxwork museum. It was, and when I say low budget, I mean it was so low budget that they were scary. Madame Two Swords is
0: scary, so I can't even. I don't want to know. I don't want to imagine.
2: It it kind of was, yeah, it kind of was Paris Hilton style, no. but it was quite scary. So even the ones was that were in in... London? no, it wasn't in London. It was, I can't remember where it was. Did some
1: shitty English? Village, it, yes, that yes, sounds like yes. So, yeah. Yes,
2: we'd like yeah. gone away to like a Butlins or something, and we were.
1: It's like, I told you about me going to Gnome World.
0: Gnome World, no. Yeah. I feel like that's a wonderful story for another time, which needs that's, photographic yeah. proof to be placed on the Instagram. <laughs>
1: It's like if you grew up in England, you understand unless you're really well off, I guess, and didn't have to go to these places on holiday. Yeah,
0: yeah. But you
1: go to these like mad tourist attractions that no one else wants to go to, exactly. Because you're young and working class in England, you exactly. end up going to them. So yeah, we'll we'll touch on No world if uh, yeah. there's the call for it. Yes, these <laughs> traditions later point.
0: have instilled in me an absolute. Undying love for miniature villages.
2: Oh I do mm. love them. I love a miniature
0: villages. Giant checkers and chess sets where you can play as the pieces. Shout out to Scott I can't, play, Scott chess. I can't play chess, but I can play checkers, so. Mm. See Borton on the Waters, little miniature villages
2: my my mm. I do love the miniature
0: villages. Or if you go to mm. Blenheim Palace, then they have a miniature village and they have a train which you can get to go to a butterfly house. Which. That sounds nice. Whoa. My parents used to stash me in the boot of the car so they didn't have to pay for me on the way in.
2: <laughs> that sounds uh, about right. I've always been
0: You're going to
1: get arrested
2: now. <laughs> they're going to come for you now, Jasper. I hope yeah. you know that. Well, they're going to come for you mum? Yeah. Watch sorry,
1: Elizabeth.
2: Watch out, Elizabeth. <laughs> Good Watch out, you. Elizabeth. They're coming. Good luck. Oh, anyway, her. sorry. Sarah, yeah. Please yeah. Please no, no, don't apologise. <laughs> Don't apologise. So we were at this, like I say, already very creepy wax wax waxwork museum. Mm. It the the ones that stand out were Maggie Thatcher. Oh no! um, Madonna in in classic gold boob garb. Um. And
1: gold boob garb sounds like the local down the old pub. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It does. (laughs) It That's does. Gold Duke Garb comp. in the corner yeah, big Ace
1: glasses. It does. Glasses.
2: Uh-huh. It does. <laughs> Sorry. It does. No, no, do I know? What is? <laughs> and I'm trying to remember the third one. I think it was Keith Chegwin. Who
0: British, the hell is that?
2: British TV personality uh, of the nineties. You might know, you no, might I not do. know. But anyway, that says a lot that they were the three standouts. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, we yeah, When was it? Yeah, like yeah. It was it, it was certainly in it was certainly in it must have been the very early 2000s because my sister was born in 99. So it must, and she was about 2 or 3 at the also time. Also, I hope and pray that every so,
0: like physical invocation of Maggie Thatcher has been turned, not you know, you know torn down.
2: Yeah, well, we don't know. That's him. That that and that does look like the waxwork. Again, actually, this is a
0: podcast, but we're showing some images of what was his name? Keith Chegwin. Keith Chegwin. Keith yeah, Chegwin. yeah, but we were, if we were
1: allowed to be in the same house, I'd just show you. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. has to be over yeah, <laughs>
0: Exactly,
2: unfortunately. But but yes, anywho, so she would have been about two or three at the time, and I I swear to you, she will still to this day vividly remember this story. She, it's it's Garda. So we walked a little bit further into this museum, we got to the World War II exhibit, which you can imagine, if it's creepy anyway, it's going to be super creepy. And it really was. Like, some of the faces were kind of melty, and there were rats, and...
0: Wait, real rats?
2: No, no wax <laughs> rats, okay. which are actually it's just kind of as worse. bad, yeah, they really, weren't, <laughs> they really weren't better in any way. Um, and, and so there was this one character, figure, that had had a arm mid-amputated, I guess you'd say, in terms of wax, and it was just so, so creepy, and a nurse with a big old syringe, and the whole thing was terrifying. And anyway, baby Katie looked at that, and I don't know what part of it was specifically that scarred her, but she screamed, and I was holding her hand, and her little hand slipped out of mine, and she sprinted away from me. and obviously tried to run after her and chase her I was equally as scared like we were kind of holding each other's hand the whole way through this museum because it really was creepy and bless her she ran off in front of me and I remember it so vividly somehow as she ran a trap door opened from the floor and she fell straight down it and I remember her little two three-year-old body tumbling down these little stairs and she screamed and i i screamed as well because i thought okay it's these waxworks they're coming alive they're this is them taking us
0: it's like doctor who with yeah. the mannequins this
2: is them taking us in. You as well? so i so if katie was two or three i guess i was about nine Jeez. nine ten so I was terrified as well. Like we were, we were holding each other's hand because we were scared walking around this music. We just wanted to get out. Where
0: was your mum? I don't know
2: yeah. I, I where. Where was the responsible adult? No, knowing my mum, it was probably cheaper to send the kids in, so she was stood outside having a fag, probably. So, <laughs> so British so, parenting <laughs> one hundred and one. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, so wait. So I I was I remember running up to this trapdoor my little knees were trembling I remember it so clearly and I didn't want to look down there and I reached my hand down grabbed the back of her little trousers and top and like a little backpack and scooped her up and chucked her over my shoulder and I jumped over the the trap door and sprinted out towards the front door and i honest to god as we were running i remember hearing like a cackling laugh and i thought either that e- best case scenario that's really awful timing that one of the waxworks witches have gone off and is laughing just as all this <laughs> time yes <laughs> yeah or or it is some sort of ghostly thing that was trying or to take it one Katie. Of the who
0: worked there, <laughs> like, I was going to say it was <laughs> the asshole. Employees.
2: Yeah. The, I don't know what option I'd prefer, but either way, that whole experience was entirely creepy from start to finish and definitely traumatizing as far as my sister goes. So.
0: Well, that's two stories ex- for the
2: price of one. Explains
0: a fair amount, I suppose.
2: Now. Yeah, she's. When it comes
0: to <laughs> that's so horrible. She's got
2: niche interests, bless <laughs> her. So that could be why.
0: Well, thank you for those scarring images. Um, There's more where that i just came thinking from. about a horrible Maggie's wax work now. I can't get that out of my as head. As bad gonna be my as you can picture it, it that.
2: was worse.
0: And we have probably overrun massively, and so we're going to go ahead and say that's all that we've got time for. So thank you so much to Sarah for being our... First podcast guest and breaking our podcast guest, Virginity. Well,
2: thank you very much for having me. (laughs) I'm not just saying this, but I really love everything that I've heard so far from this podcast. But she does
0: have to say this because we live together.
2: I think think you've both done a wonderful job and I think everything from music to the artwork involved to... Every, every part of it I just <laughs> I, I really I really am loving the content you're putting out at the moment guys so thank you very
0: much for having me on your podcast Oh, you absolutely cutie this is why we bring you on here yeah just for our egos uh huh exactly so
1: yeah and while we are here normally so sort of, we want to plug our lovely friends and the amazing things they're doing so I hope Sarah won't mind in me plugging her amazing vegan Instagram pamphlet. yes vegan. um it doesn't have any like underscores the lines in it it's just all one isn't it, that it is, vegan. It is. mm-hmm. it so is. if you're looking for amazing obviously not so many meals out nowadays mm-hmm. sadly hopefully soon but lots of cool vegan snacks and recipes that Sarah's made and like trying out the new fancy things that are like four quid and might not be any good. Yeah, um,
0: exactly. I'm not personally
1: yeah. vegan but I eat a lot of vegan food and i found some absolute bangers through mm. Sarah's
0: Instagram. We eat pretty much vegan in this household um, and to be honest like I, I'm not strictly vegan but Sarah is such an amazing cook and makes such amazing vegan mm-hmm. food that like I'm more than happy to eat fully vegan while you know I'm at home if she's cooking and her reviews are really honest. If she doesn't yeah. like something, then she says that she doesn't fucking like it. So.
1: <laughs> you can trust her. Exactly. She's from the end. Thank exactly.
0: You. <laughs> right? Thank you. Right. Okay. Thank you guys for listening Thank so much. Uh, we will have a mini pod, um, which came out on Monday because this is airing on thursday which you can listen to and um we'll have one next monday as well and the monday after that so if you listen to this and you just can't stand to wait a week then hit up our mini podcasts which are out every monday
1: and there'll be a spooky craft every monday
0: as well for october yes yes there's already been one out one is coming tomorrow so follow us on monday, instagram day. <laughs> <laughs> every monday spooky craft monday. for the month of october follow us on instagram wandering eye curios until next time friends stay spooky wandering eye curios is brought to you by myself jasper Chanta, and my co-host meg james the podcast is scripted and performed by both of us and produced by me. Music is scored and performed by Amy Marianne, with lyrics by myself. Our intro song, for better or worse, is sung by us. Find us on Instagram at Eye Curios and over on Twitter at WonderingI Pod. Stay spooky, friends. Until next time.